When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Referees are really making it difficult for me to like them this year. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello, welcome to Club Podcast of the Year nominee. It's all cobblers to me. Yes, in about a week or so's time, we will know whether we have managed to achieve the goal that myself and Danny set out to achieve, which is to not get lost in London. At an award ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> this is It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast for Northampton Town fans. Coming up, the Cobblers stop the rot with a point at Bradford. The club ask the fans if they approve of the East End plans. And we ask what's better, a Firejacks voucher or a packet of ready salted crisps? Welcome, welcome all to the pod. Danny and Jeffy are with me. How are you folks? You okay? Very good, thank Marvelous. you. Very good. Yeah, thank you, Charles. Good. Just hot off the heels of our patrons' quiz. We just oh, done, it was good. Which was hugely enjoyable. It was. It was very enjoyable to see uh, lots of friendly faces uh, on the, the old um, Patreon quiz. Yeah, Danny's quiz. Danny does a monthly quiz for all of our fan club members. Um, everybody's willing. Willing? I think everybody is. Willing, but <laughs> well, I don't know about that. They might not be. <laughs> everybody is invited uh, to come along and to quiz with us. 
And um, yeah, thoroughly good. Congratulations to Matthew Nykel, who is Ooh. now the Nikel. champion quizzer. Yes, stealing yes. the title from Dan Darwood. It's a, it's a dramatic, included a ding-dong round as well. So this is what you're missing out if you're not a fan club member. Five Great questions about ding-dongs. Ding-dong. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> other rounds that you missed were on journeyman. Um, and what else did we do? Um, say what? I enjoyed the say what round, Danny, I will say. So Danny gave us uh, a couple of quotes and you had to um, guess, well, or know if you knew, uh, which manager said the quote. That was that was thoroughly good. I particularly enjoyed the one about um, not getting anything. Was it Ian Holloway saying something <laughs> about sucking nipples? Oh, about bad luck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah bad luck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Anyway, um, welcome one and all. I've said that four times now. I've said welcome, but welcome <laughs> again. Everyone's well, feeling not? pretty welcome by this point. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Sounds so. Like- I hope you are. Charles, it sounds like uh, Watch It Town Crier with the amount of welcomes you've given this weekend after our weekend in Watch It. Oh, yay, oh, yay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been Catterin's okay. week in Watch It, so it's been a, a busy week. <laughs> it's been what? Catterin's week. Do you not know about this? No, no. Okay, What's so Catterin's so is, so in the 17th century. Oh, here we go. History lesson. In the 17th century. King Charles II came to watch it to buy a piece of blue silk. So every year we celebrate that and we dress up in like 17th century <laughs> outfits. And like there's men on stilts. It's really weird. And like, That's hilarious. Like, Hold on. Great. What, were men walking around in stilts in the yeah, 17th so the, century, were they? I don't know, but basically there's this man on stilts this weekend. And then the, the town crier goes around and like te- retells the story with his um, town crier bell. And there's um, like, vi- uh, like town walks. Um, and then it like walks you around to show you all the, the parts of what it whilst telling the story of the that's King amazing. Charles II. So that's what it's, I've been doing this weekend. Do you, know, do you know what we should do? We should have like <laughs> uh, a weekend in like Northampton to celebrate that one time that Des O'Connor played for Northampton Reserves. We should celebrate it by dressing up as entertainers or something. <laughs> celebrate the Northampton clown. <laughs> we're just going around dressing as clowns. <laughs> oh my word! Um, uh, speaking I've of got, clowns, I've got so many questions. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of clowns, I've got so many questions about saving for affair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do please. <laughs> well, Br- Bradford City won. Northampton Town won. Was the weekend's result? Um, there, there's only one place to start, I'm afraid, folks, and that is to say that. Oh, God, just referees. Oh, referees. I, I genuinely have never... I'm, I'm going to be quite honest here. And, and I found myself getting really angry to the point... And I think I've talked about me getting angry on the pod before. But I got so wound up by something that I can't control. It's It's ridiculous. The sheer injustice of it, I think, was what was upsetting me. Um, of course... The first thing that happened, I think, the first thing that happened that really bugged me was Keanu Tete in the elbow that mm. uh, Songo gave him. And, you know, I mean, he's he's cut his mouth open. It's not a pretty sight. And for the referee to not even stop play for a head injury at that point is just incredible to me. Yeah. It, it's... 
oh, player welfare. That's 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 what I'm angry about more than anything else. I don't really, you know, when when it comes to sort of the things like the 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 two footed lunge that, that was like a literal. He jumped off of his feet into a lunge on Danny Rose. I can't remember his name. The player that did that. That's that's a leg breaker of a challenge. Danny Rose is lucky to get away without breaking his leg there. And then there was the the challenge on, I think it was Guthrie in the first half, where the player left his foot in um, on Guthrie's, I mean, what what would you call it? Say his ankle, maybe, the front of his ankle. His shin, that's the word I'm looking for, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, um, And what else was there? There was uh, one on the keeper, one on Robertson. That was just the fact that all of those didn't even get blown up for fouls. Is just, I, it's, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous, yeah. and it, it, it's it's a player welfare issue. Mm. And I think by the time, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely get to this, but I mean, by the time that um, Liam Roberts' head got, you know, flicked or kicked or whatever you want to say, um, I think our players had in, had had enough basically. And mm. it, it, in a way, I'm quite surprised at how well we managed to keep our heads because that, that could have been a full blown proper fight at that point. I think. Well, I think, I think it's quite telling given all that you've said and taking that all into account, Charles, um, is that it was a main talking point on quest, wasn't it? Mm. So I think for uh, kind of tellingly for cobblers fans and actually cobblers players, it's quite telling that if it is making, I don't want to call it, prime time because it's not it's on at 11 o'clock at the evening but prime time football fan tv coverage as such if it's making that and it's making headlines there there clearly was a problem I think sometimes and we all do it because because we're football fans but um, we're guilty of really going into depth about it because it's our team and, and we care about it but I think what you're saying has such justification and such clarification because we're getting that from neutral sides as well, aren't we? Mm. So normally when we come on here and we kick off because the ref's done this, that or the other, it tends to be because we take it so so much to heart because we're Cobblers fans and it's against our team. But then when you've got people that are not connected to us, to us at all making those statements as well, there's got to be a clear problem in what happened the other day. And I think that like we always say, we could sit here and talk about referees' performances week in, week out, and we always come to the same conclusion. But I do think this is slightly different because of the points that you've just made. And I and I do wonder whether there will be some... Uh, There's ch- got to be repercussions yeah, there, for, for Boyson and his team. Because I think there will be. It, it was just... And I mean, I know Bradford fans are really... You know, they actually believe that they were hard done by by the referee as well and to be fair you know the you know it wasn't like the referee didn't give us anything i'm not saying that at all like he did keep blowing up for ridiculous little things and i think that's one of the things that has really annoyed me looking back on it is that you've got these major incidents which were dreadful tackles that he doesn't even give and yet he'll he'll give you know, a talking to to a player for basically kicking the ball away. Or he was, you know, there was a slight little bit of a, um, you know, a tug or something on, on someone and he gives a free kick and you know, and he's just like that, just going, you've got to, you've got to, 
it's not consistency. It's it's just I don't, I, I don't know what standard. it is. The, the yeah, the standard the, below the expected standard. You and know, we saw our, it coming in a way because yeah. it wasn't giving anything in regards to any kind of shirt tugging at all. It was as if he didn't care about that. Like he was, he was a bit like whenever we saw it and we, we saw it clear as day. And I appreciate that most of the time, again, there is that cobbler's bias creeping in here, but Kiona Tete had his shirt almost ripped off his back at one point and the referee doesn't do anything at all. Kiona Tete was hauled to the floor because the guy grabbed his shirt that much. It was outside the box. It wasn't going to be a penalty, but it should have been a free kick. And he doesn't give that and nor did he give any shirt pulling all the way through the game for either side. And at one point he gave a free kick to us, to the cobblers, pretty much right down in front of me. And there was there was no, you know, that it wasn't a free kick. There was no foul. And the Bradford players like, what on earth is that for? I've literally not anywhere near the guy. And yet you've given a free kick. And even our player looked bemused by the situation and by the decision that was made. It's things like that. When you're actually seeing that the players themselves don't understand what's going on, that's that's a huge problem, and it's a telltale sign that the referee doesn't have control of the situation and doesn't have control of the match. There was definitely a point where the players didn't know what was going on. I think the referee decided that the ball wasn't blown up enough. You know, maybe it had a puncture and he wanted to change the football, but he didn't he didn't give any indication as to what was actually happening. And you had both sets of players actually. You could see them saying to the referee, "What what's going on? What are you doing?" And he he would he just kept going go away, he didn't want to talk to any of the players at any point, and again that's another issue that for me and granted I'm not a referee and I wouldn't want to be a referee but if you're not willing to to explain yourself there and then and say look this is what I've given that for, then you're just making a rod for your own back at the very least turn around and say this is what I've given the free kick for. Or this is what I'm making, you know, the decision based on. If I'm wrong, then then so if he's wrong, he's wrong, and the players will argue. But at least the players know why he's given the decision. To just constantly turn around and go, no, I'm in charge. Go away, as if he's dealing with six-year-old kids. Sorry, Jeffy, but <laughs> I, I I just feel as though it was a completely immature performance by a you know a grown man. Who wanted everything to be about him? Yeah. It's, it's, he's been refereeing for twenty years. <sighs> I just looked at that as well. It's not like he's a fresh face. It's not like he's come up from non-league. You know, you sometimes get the excuse of, "Oh, you know, it's his first season in the league. He's going to get a couple of things wrong." This is someone who's been refereeing for twenty years. This is it's not okay. Like, there's got to be something that you know, whatever they do in the summer to refresh their training and stuff. Like, because we sit here and say it every week, we're not bitter. We're not sitting here bitter because we're always getting bad decisions against us, but because it's the same for every single team in League Two. I guarantee you, you go on every forum after every game in League Two every weekend. There's going to be comments about the ref. There's going to be comments about the officials, and it's it's just getting to the point now where it's getting ridiculous. It's not even funny anymore. Like, we can only use what we've got in front of us at the minute, but. This this elbow on Atete that Quest somehow thought wasn't was okay. <laughs> it was not a booking or anything. Man. The ref stood a few yards directly behind the player. The the linesman you'd even expect to to pick it up, but the ref is literally standing right behind them, and it's it's 
ridiculous that nothing gets done about it. And Bradford breakaway could easily have probably broken through and scored if we did not defended it. It's, um, and it's pathetic. And the the lunge late on against Danny Rose was one of the most ridiculous decisions I've, not, I've ever seen not to give even a booking for, which I don't think he gave a booking, did he? No. Like it, he didn't even give a free kick. No, he didn't give a free kick. It's, and we were saying it last week about Bristol Rovers, but this was worse because there's so many key decisions, the key things that got missed. Um, and it, it just makes you so pissed off that we're still, we're getting this type of performance from referees again and again, week after week. Um, and it means that we're not talking about the goals that Mitch Pinnock scored, which was great. We're not talking about some of our defending. We're not talking about, you know, what the result is. We're it just talking so about the referee. Right. Is that what yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But we're not talking about the things that we enjoy talking about because that's what makes football football. We're not talking about, you know, the wonder goals, the scrappy goals, the goal my scrambles, everything that we talk about in our league two podcast that we just love about the game. We're talking about the man who shouldn't be noticed at all. We're talking about mm. the man in the middle who shouldn't be a presence, but they always are. Um, and something needs to be done about it because it's, like I say, it's not just us. It's and it's to me, it's just a lack of respect for League Two. It feels like we're just second-class citizens getting these referees that are just not trained well enough or not, yeah, whatever. There, there's something that's gone on that is just not enough. I think you're right in what you're saying there, there, Danny. The problem lies with the training that they receive, and that's not on them. That's on the FA and and the refereeing associate association as a body, isn't it? It's mm. not to do with the human beings that are on the end of this because they are almost innocent bystanders in this, although they are the subject of our qualms. It, they are the innocent bystanders because, you know, they are just effectively doing their job, but it just happens to be that they're not very good at it, not because they're not very good because they want to be substandard, purely because they've not received the training that is appropriate for the level that they're refereeing. And that's not their fault at all. And I think that's the issue. I've said it before, is that, you know, this is a the, the professional football teams with professional football players being refereed by part-timers. Mm. There is enough money in this game, especially at the top end, for, you know, certain amount of referees to be paid something around about twenty to £30,000 a year each to be a professional referee. They don't need to be paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds. They, they just need to be paid a decent, acceptable wage that would allow them to have a good life and then would allow them to actually be professional and that be their profession, where they spend the week training. And training will be fitness like the players do, but it will also be about, you know, education. Because how many of those referees that, that have, been in charge of games over the weekend in leagues one and two how many of those referees will then be on Monday going and sitting down with somebody and going through their performance much like how a manager will be doing with their players John Brady on Monday morning will no doubt be with the squad and will be saying these are the things that we did well these are the things that we need to work on from that game against Bradford going into the next game on Tuesday night against Oldham if you've watched any of the All or Nothing series on uh, Amazon, especially the Manchester City one, where basically Pep Guardiola takes his squad into what is essentially a theatre to show <laughs> them back the games and, and to talk through with them. That's, you know, 
not going to happen in a theatre, but that kind of thing will happen. That's not happening for a referee at this level because, you know, they're, they've got a day job that they go and do, whatever that might be, um, during the week. And then they turn up on a Saturday and referee the games. Now, I... You know, I do not have an issue with the fact, obviously we knew, it was really funny, Amelia was with me on Saturday watching the game and she turned around to me and she said, you know what, Daddy, we should just do away, we don't need referees, just don't have them. And I was like, and I, you know, trying to explain that, well, without a referee, we wouldn't have a game and it would just descend into carnage. So I appreciate that referees are needed, but they're needed to be more professional than they are. And like you said, Jeffy, it's not really their fault. It's the fact is, is that nobody is giving them enough money to make them turn professional or allow them to turn professional and to give up their day job to to turn to being a full-time referee and official of football. I mean, that's what we surely need in this country. I just, I just cannot fathom how we can have professional teams all the way down to, well, further than League Two. Most of the teams in the conference are now National League, whatever it's called. They're all professional teams. So why is it we haven't got professional referees? I, I just, it just winds me I mean, the one, the one nice thing in a way is that John Brady, almost, I won't say exact, feels exactly the same way as me, but the fact that he's been booked, what, at least two or three times this season now. Yeah, three times, yeah. He's not, an, he's not a, an angry kind of man, is he, either? No. He's a very calm-natured human being, even within the game. You know, he's infuriated you... by exactly. the officials. Exactly, but he's such a calm man, generally. He's not the type of, I hate to say him, but you know, he's not your Joey Barton. He's not, he's not that kind or of Steve man. Or Steve Evans, yeah. Exactly, no. he's not like that at all, so there's clearly a problem. But should we talk is about it... something much more enjoyable now? Yes, let's. Can I? I want to talk about first of all, just to go into it. It was really good to see both Aaron McGowan and Jack Salby back in the side, and I thought, I mean, Amelia picked out Salby as her man of the match. So well go done, on, Jack. Amelia. That was. Uh, I thought he played really, really well. He did get a booking, which was in the aftermath of um, Roberts's head situation. Um, I think it might have been the him that basically went and gave the uh, the striker a bit of a shove. Um, so in fairness, deserved booking, really, by the laws of the game. Um, but I thought he played really well and he really commanded that that midfield. He, he For me, he was the player that essentially made everything tick and made it all happen. And I thought it was a really, really good performance. But isn't it... I say odd, not odd. I mean, it backs up really, doesn't it, what we've been saying the last couple of weeks, which is our first 11 is a good first 11 in this league. But as soon as you lose one or maybe two people, we're not that good. And the backup isn't really there. I disagree slightly, Charles. I think the backup is there, but just not quite to the higher standard. And I think that's why we're... I would say we're not automatic promotion candidates right now. And mm-hmm. that's why we, I, we lie in the playoffs. That's probably where we deserve to be on the base that our squad is. You've either got a really, really good squad or you've just got a good enough squad. And then, and you know, there's not a lot wrong with that, really. Um, because in League Two, 
more often than not, you'll have a good squad. And then if you lose a few players, you're going to be terrible kind of thing. We're not that. Um, mm. We're just slightly off the pace when we do have uh, injuries. But yeah, principally, Charles, I, get, I, I, I completely get yeah. what you're saying. I do think it's telling, though, that the amount of subs that John Brady is making. He, he was basically forced into, obviously, the change up front. Kionatete coming off just before halftime, replaced by Danny Rose, a player that John Brady chose to single out for praise after last week's game at Bristol Rovers, whereas he gave everybody else a little bit of a dressing down, I thought. And then he left it, what, it was It was very near the end of the game, might have even been in within the six minutes of injury time that we had, that he brought Kabamba on. And I think that was mostly for the height for you know, essentially Bradford were just trying to put the ball into our box, weren't they? Constantly at the end there, trying to steal a winner. Um, it, it does show a lot. And I think this was said, actually, in fairness, by Jake Sharp and the guys on BBC Radio Northampton post-match, where it, it shows that Brady obviously thinks that a tired bunch of the first team 11 are better than any of the ones that are sat on the bench. Yeah, I think I probably agree as well. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's just it's a trust thing, isn't it? Like um, we can name, like we do the um, fan hub l- um, lineup predictions every week. Usually, I just pick the same team, and that I think that's a sign of a good team because you you know you could go back to our classic teams and and pick you know, you know what the lineup is. You you can run through the whole starting eleven, but I think we do need some work in January in terms of pushing them because yeah. you can't get to the point where you've got 11 players starting and they, they're comfortable. You want them to be a little bit uncomfortable, I think, in terms of there's someone coming through who could take your place. And I don't think there's a lot of that right now. Um, for Keanu Tete, I don't think Danny Rose, Gabamba and Benny Ashley Seal are particularly on his level. So, uh, I mean, what we do in that situation, I'm not sure because we're only playing one up front and it's difficult to get someone else in who would be as good as a Tete that would push him far enough. Um but I think in the other positions, the midfield positions, the fullbacks, maybe like even centre backs, just just to have a couple of new signings that are really going to push him and push us onto the next level. Because um, we're nearly there. I think we're nearly we can nearly call ourselves like promotion candidates. We're like we're seventeen games in. We're nearly halfway there, aren't we? Mm. Um, and we're in the top seven. And I don't think we've particularly come out of first or second gear yet. And Ooh. that's probably quite exciting because I think we can build on that. There's something to build on. It's not like we're, you know, we're 18th, 19th and we've got a way back to crawl, which has happened a lot of times in the past. And we've been flagging behind and playing catch up. Whereas actually we've got a good base at the moment. I think that's a good thing. Good sign. Just get us through to January and kick on again. I think we're three sign-ins away in January from Mm -hmm. being a really decent side. Just out of interest. um, Definitely up front. Yeah. We possibly need a creative midfielder to okay. to Agreed just that. help. Do you know what I mean? Just just shore things up. But can 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 anybody remind me who Colin Calder brought in in his January when we went up? Since 2006, we had a couple signed on the 1st of October, but that must have been the first transfer window. Maybe there wasn't a transfer window back well, then. I was going to say, was there a transfer window back then? <laughs> but uh, we have on... 1st of January 2006, we brought in Jason Lee to oh, bolster amazing. our attack. 
<laughs> so probably we need a lot of business basically in that the second half of that season, which is quite interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It just I just wanted to know because there's a there is a real. We said this last week, didn't we, Danny? There's a very big correlation, I think, with the the style. Um. From well, you said that. I think every, all of us disagreed with you because I don't think the style is as as similar. I don't think it's don't, quite as rigid as Coldwood no, back then. But Coldwood, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, not necessarily me, I don't remember necessarily being like this, but a lot of people you speak to now say that they were bored by Coldwood's play. Yeah, but it was effective. It did the job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I'm not bored watching. I'm not bored watching this team at the moment. I think I think maybe I've not explained myself correctly. I I I see a lot of Coldwood's efficiency, shall we say, within the okay. the the irony within the way the defence is shored up. I know we're going <laughs> to yeah. come on to that in a bit. Well, but... <laughs> let's come on to it now, shall yeah. we? I mean, yeah. before we'll, we'll talk about Pinnock's goal in a moment. But I mean, I'll be honest; I don't really know what happened for Bradford's equaliser. Was it just a slip and? Yeah, the horse literally this time. just yeah. falls over his own feet yeah. by the looks of it. But it's happened consecutive weeks, so that's starting to get a little bit worrying now. Like something that was so sure in the start of the season, we just slip in a couple of times, and maybe it's because we're playing better teams. I don't know, but um, that that has got to be that. That's just a mistake. It literally I mean, is. Yeah. When you look back, it it literally is. He's just fallen over. Yeah, it's very but Stephen there's... Gerrard. <laughs> comparing Fraser Horsford to Stephen Gerrard love it. it it's one of those though it is something that I at the time I just went it's sod's law that we get punished for it because mm, absolutely you know I mean don't get me wrong um, was it Lavery that scored their equaliser uh, mm. no Vernon it was wasn't it um, Charles Vernon that scored the equaliser I mean he kept his composure well but I mean he should never have <laughs> the ball, the ball should have been halfway up the pitch. Yeah, you he just know. miskicked it in the horse. The thing is, it does, it does, it does happen. I remember being at a, I can't, I can't remember when it was or what season it was, but I know we were playing Cheltenham, and it was pouring with rain, and Sean McWilliams literally just fell over, and the bloke <laughs> ran straight through and scored. And I just looked at Sean as if to say, "Well, there's literally nothing you can do about that." And it's kind of one of those, isn't it? And it is mm. frustrating because we should have really won that game. Um, because one, yeah, we should have won it one nil. Yeah, 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 but but yeah. but in terms of you know, it, it we literally just made a mistake, and it's not like an, a mistake where it's just a lack of total awareness. He he just slipped over, and no matter how hard you train, or no, no matter how good of a defender you are, things like that are going to happen in your career, and and it just so happened that it was you know yesterday. Then. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think for the rest of the match, we defensively we were solid. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I don't, I don't remember. A, I, th- I think there was maybe one save that Roberts had to make from Bradford in the first didn't half. He, didn't he? Have, didn't he run out of his goal at one point as well and close down? I remember watching on the highlights. Possibly. That, yeah, he he ran. His player was straight through, and he ran him down because we were a little bit exposed on that wing again. I noticed watching the highlights just a little bit, a couple of times. On which I don't wing? know whether I don't know because the left and right is different when you're watching it on telly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at What's, that. Basically, were you excited about who was in this picture? Then you uh, can work out which side of the picture it was. Well, if we were if we were lacking a little bit, on the, then he won't have been in the picture, Danny. That's I probably think, what the problem yeah, that's was. True, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was. Um, I think it was on that side, but I think also Bradford played a lot of like, that really intricate. 
touch pass play. And it's almost like they effectively surrounded Koiki and just did like three passes around him. And then he was caught. So I, I and then Roberts ran out. I, I think You are right. They, they did play a lot of triangles, I think. That's is it. The, That's the, the word I was that, looking for. Yeah. And, and, like Pythagoras. And they, yeah, they did do it very, very well. I will say. I Why are you laughing, Danny? Pythagoras. First mention of Pythagoras on the pod. I did look at it at the time and think that is good, you know. And I was, I was worried because I was thinking, oh, they're, they're technically good, good players. If they're, they're not, you know, one touch football in in these triangles and they're passing it around us, but they didn't have any real um, anything up front, essentially. That but really the, worried me. But they're, you know, they're genuinely, wise. they're genuinely a, a decent side by by laws of characteristics. Right, it's a tough place to go and play. They're always a decent, solid side. They're pretty intense. The games that you play against Bradford because they don't leave nothing in the changing room, do they? They just go all out. So, if you're thinking about in terms of getting a result, I know we we slipped up no pun intended and and, <laughs> and only drew but if you take everything into consideration from that match and how difficult games can be against Bradford Bradford is a really horrible place to go so you everything with everything considered on paper you'd take that before the oh, match oh yeah I, I would have Absolutely. taken a point the yeah. question that I want to ask and I know you weren't there Danny so maybe maybe you can't answer this but I actually genuinely feel like the reason why Bradford is such a difficult game, especially at Valley Parade, is the sheer size of the stadium. Not just that, but also the numbers that they have in support. Over Mm. 15,000 fans were in Valley Parade on Saturday. 426 Cobblers fans were there. I mean, I know that they've got you know, one one stand is closed, so that's the stand behind the goal, the one where Paul Scholes scored that screamer from the corner many, many <laughs> moons ago. Um, but they do fill their, uh, you know, the three sides or the two and a half that they have for their home section very, very well. I mean, yes, there's empty seats. Of course there is. But, you know, 15,000 fans in League Two. Yeah, they've always been, like, whenever they're in League Two, they're they're the big fish, aren't they? Yeah, like, they're a force, aren't they? Yeah, and it's, I don't know why they just sometimes they're the story of them being in League Two for the third season in a row. It just seems to be going under the radar a little bit. The fact that they're such a big team in this division that you just kind of just accept it. But then when you play them, you're like, oh my, it's Bradford again. And you know, you you see that they've sold over fifteen thousand tickets. You, we know our history with Bradford already. I think there's there's just that element of fear snuck into me. I think we all predicted a defeat. Um, they just seem, and Derek Adams as well, obviously Neil's favourite. Mm-hmm. Neil will be disappointed not to come on the pod this week to <laughs> wax <laughs> lyrical about Derek Adams. Um, but having that manager who did such great things at Morecambe, he's took Plymouth up, and to have the size of the club, to have the size of the ground, you just wonder, what? why have they been in this position for so long? It doesn't make sense. It's, and um, I think it will turn out to be a decent point at the end of the day, because I think oh, they'll be I, I agree. much like Bristol Rovers last week. We didn't get a point, but much the same kind of thing we were saying about them. I think Bradford are on their way upwards because mm, they've taken some good results in the lead up to this game as well. Do you think, though, Chesie, that if they didn't have the support behind them and the ground was more empty, do you think that would be an easier away game? 
Uh, I mean, possibly. There's so many variables within that question that it's it's dependent on so many different things in terms of, you know, where you are, where they are, you know, whether they're in a relegation scrap, whether you're going for promotion. There's so many different things that, that can impact that game. But ultimately, you do have a, a big force in the fact that it's a fortress, isn't it? Um, and it is, you know, and you can't really get away from it is the fact that everybody that's in League Two is in League Two for a reason, right? And mm. this whole idea of big clubs, that kind of is neutralised when you get out on the pitch because you're both in League Two and, you know, you're both doing exactly the same as each other in terms of standard of football. I just think that with Bradford, that it that it is such a big fan base. It, it's such a, a wild atmosphere. And to their credit, they are always a good side. I can't recall us being in any league with Bradford at the same time um, and then really being really terrible, you know? I, I, I also can't it. remember them being necessarily, you know, right up there and being the best team in the league, though, which is a bit of a weird thing with Bradford. I think that's what Danny was sort of, you know, sort of going towards there, is that they're a huge club, especially for this division, and yet they're not really reaching their potential most of the time. And, and I mean, I'll be honest, I hate going to Bradford. I don't know why I do it. I always say that. Why do I do it to myself? I go to Bradford, like us and I get the there. Yeah, I get there and I just go, yeah. oh, why have I come here? Because it's such a, you know, we don't normally win. I think, what, 2018 was the last time we won and that was the first time in many, many years that we'd won mm. there. So we don't tend to get anything from our games. I mean, it, I, I'm pleased with the point. Um, I will say we've got to talk about it. Mitch Pinnock's goal was special. Postman Pinnock. Postman Pinnock always delivers. Always delivers. I always enjoy a goal where the player sets themselves up as well. He did a little yes. flick to set himself yeah. on his way, didn't he? What's beautiful. Claims the assist as well as the goal. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, um, I think, was it Sowerby powering yes. forward in the middle, waiting for the pass? It was like, give it, give it, give it, give it, give it. And he just smashes it. And then uh, and you've got the little uh, Bradford kids getting wound up by him as well, <laughs> which was enjoyable. Isn't that a good sign of confidence though, right? Yes. Because it, to have a go, yeah. You know, just to have a go. Because me and, I mean, Sean's been watching the Cobblers for 60 years. And no matter how wayward a shot can be, He'd rather they have a go than just, you know, it fizzle out or them play backwards. Do you know what I mean? So actually have a go and give it a bit bit of a go. There's got to be real confidence within that squad and also real freedom. Because I know for the last couple of years, particularly when we were under Keith Curl, there was no freedom to do things like that. And I think that's one thing that is a real strength of John Brady and that coaching squad is, is to actually give them the ability to just go and have a go. And, and like John always says, it's okay to make those mistakes. And I think that's really come to fruition within some of the decision making they're making because actually he had no real right to do that and to score that, but he give it a go and it's come off, hasn't it? He, he backed himself, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. yeah Sowerby would absolutely have been did. absolutely fumey if he missed, wouldn't he? He was oh, getting God, ready yeah. to yeah. lay one on him. But it was it? worth a shot. It was worth a go. Yeah. He had nothing think, to lose. Yeah. I think Martin Smith said on the, the radio after the game, he said in that situation, the defender should be basically wanting, trying to make the, like, so Pinnock in this case, make the pass. Because actually, when you're that player running through at goal, you'd rather have the shot than 
because you know you have the shot and and it hopefully will go in but if you've got to make that pass you're thinking so I've got to make the perfect pass yeah. because if I don't make the pass perfect then I'm going to be ridiculed for it even more so than if I you know shoot and miss um brilliant I th- I think I do think with with that I think it's a good point it stops the rot as I said at the start of the pod um we haven't lost we should have won that game I do think um I don't think Bradford really you know, essentially, had the mistake not been made, had the slip not have happened to Horsfall, I think we'd have kept a clean sheet. So I do think it's potentially two points lost. However, it's a draw away from home, as we've discussed, a, a, a big club in this division. So I am quite happy. The issue, obviously, that comes out of it is, is Atete going to be fit for Tuesday, you know, Tuesday night against Oldham? Oh, um, the return of Keith. The same, return of Keith. The same for Liam Roberts as well with, you know, I think John Brady said he's more or less got whiplash. Um, you know, that's, KT that's tape, the problem. He'll be fine. I hope KT so. KT tape and he'll be so. absolutely fine. I, um, I, I get the feeling that should be okay. But, um, big plaster I think, on his cheek. Yeah. On Tuesday, <laughs> I think this becomes a a good result if we win on Tuesday, doesn't it? I think Tuesday night will um We've got to go. We've got to win, really. Absolutely. I think also the um, there is a slight issue in terms of the standard of goalkeeping if Roberts weren't fit, and I think that's something that may have to be addressed. Hey, little Johnny Maxter's back is all right. Yeah, you leave him be fine. Leave Though him. you do worry against the Keith Cole team about putting little Johnny mm-hmm. Maxter in. Agreed. <laughs> right, um, let's move on um, from that point. First off, do you know what? Let's get the rest of the anger out of the way. Ivan oh. Tony. Oh, for crying out loud. Pratt. There you go. There we go. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. He's rewritten history. Um, started his career at Newcastle, apparently. So I wouldn't <sighs> really know. <laughs> I think we just dreamt up for that overhead kick at Dagenham. Um, it's all just a dream. Like, what was that TV show where a whole series was a dream? No spoilers, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it Dallas? The guy comes out the <laughs> nice one, but nice Ivan Tony never played for us, apparently. So uh, what was his tweet? He said. Um, Back where it all really started. Oh, yeah, all just... really started. It all really started. Did it really start at Newcastle, Ivan? Because I don't remember you ever really playing for them. Right, what I do remember is you... Yeah. Is it just... I mean, Because obviously we don't know the guy, but I mean, is it just wrong? I mean, I know it is clearly, you know, technically it's it is wrong. Inaccurate. That's not. It's factually inaccurate. But what? what <laughs> why did you forget that? Does I he don't, not realise as a player that actually there, there are fans like me who are really pleased to actually see him in the Premier League? I, you know, don't get me wrong. There's lots around the way that he left that I'm unhappy about. But that, I don't none of that was his that, fault. Yeah, well, exactly. yeah, exactly. None of that was on him. So why would you then... And there's going to be lots of... You know, I've, I've enjoyed watching Brentford play partly because of Ivan Toney. You know, when he's been scoring in the Premier League, I've been really pleased to see that happen. But I now feel a little bit like, no, stuff you. I, you know, I, I really genuinely do feel a little bit like how ungrateful and how ridiculous that you can forget what you're at. You know, to say back where it really all started. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think personally that is just... Yeah, that's the line, isn't it? I think <sighs> to me... I think taking us a little bit of a step back, I think it's a lot to do with suiting the narrative of what he wants to say on social media, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I he agree. wants to I he agree. wants to build this story around it 
And so saying where Newcastle is where it really started suits that story more than saying, oh, that was, you know, I was there once kind of thing. It's probably to do with that, but he should be a little bit more aware, I think, of of who gave him the breakthrough. Like Chris Wilder, don't throw him in against Dagenham. He yeah. might not even have that in the first place. So I think he's just still need to give a little bit of a nod sometimes. Um, but yeah. But he is only human and he might not have realised the impact of the tweet. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. No. <laughs> he's going out on my fantasy football team this week for that. Absolutely. Get out. Get him, Get him out. My, he should get in charge. My fantasy football team has still, <laughs> he's got, still got David McGoldrick. He's still got David McGoldrick. as <laughs> captain. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Spectacular, I can't log right? into mine, so I can't take him out of mine, which is annoying. <laughs> uh, Robbie Keane. Put Robbie Keane in, Danny. Does he yeah, still play? I'll, um, uh, yeah, I'll stick um, Pavel Cernicek in goal as well. Oh, lovely. Just, for, oh. just yeah, get him in there. Um, something else that happened uh, over the week. The club put out a, a vote, essentially, over whether fans supported the East Stand proposal. Um, they 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 put an article on the website, didn't they, where they they put everything that is available. So that is the club's East Stand plans, including the actual, I suppose you call them blueprint plans, wouldn't you, um, for the stand, um, the independent review into the land, like how much it was going to be, and also the thing that was presented, the presentation, if you like, to the West North Ants Council, and said, right, here's all the stuff that's, you know, it's all in the public domain. Here it is in one place. Have a look at that. And then the question was asked on a survey to say, do you support the club's East End proposal? I'm interested to know what your thoughts were on the club doing that. I am... Not completely sure what it was for, like in terms of a yes, no. Um, I think potentially there could have been a little bit of text underneath to give some thoughts or some views and stuff. But I do wonder what what it's for in terms of how they're going to use those numbers, whether it's for the council meeting or whether it's for um, just to put out that so-and-so number of people support it. I do wonder what they'll do if it comes back majority saying no. <laughs> like, <laughs> Imagine. What, you know, Um but I guess it's just all part of the process, isn't it? Um, I I just got a slight thing about what what was the reason for doing it, what was the reason for the vote, and what happens if it goes against what they thought. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from it. Um, and I know they've got a meet or they had a meeting with uh, the trust last week, didn't they? In terms of answering some of their questions as well. Um, it's just one of these ongoing situations that you just think sometimes have they done it to tie it to coincide with the trust questions. And stuff like that, so that they they've got an answer ready. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I I answered yes. If you want my answer, Charles, <laughs> because <laughs> I just I, I've looked at everything and they've answered a lot of the questions that I had about it, and I'm pretty happy with it. So, see, I'm I might yeah. I might be being cynical, Chesie, but a part of me felt like it was almost. <sighs> a part of me did feel as though it was essentially turning around and and saying. Because, you know, pretty much straight away, there's been this news about the Lib Dems and Labour on the West North Ants Council, um, basically saying that they want to have a council meeting to just purely discuss this deal, rather than it being, you know, within 
15 minutes of a of a normal council meeting that they would have and then that was backed that request was backed by the supporters trust and the cynic in me just basically says what it's been done for is just to basically turn around and try and sort of shoot that down a little bit well, I I personally believe that they're just asking everyone if they're ready for my tractors to arrive at Sixfields, <laughs> personally. That's so I'm going to get the call question. off Shelvin soon for my old tractors to make their way up the M5. I mean, it's getting close to Christmas, it's getting very snowy here. Kelvin, if you are listening, the snow does get quite bad here, so I will need tractors <laughs> to Plenty haul notice, out. Plenty of please, is that what yeah, you're asking Yeah, for? so I'll have to get, use my tractors to haul out the people that drive in the snow because they're plonkers. So if he does need and require my tractors, please do let me know because I will be there. Okay, fair enough. Um, Danny, there was also, um, I, I know that you mentioned it there, the uh, trust met with Kelvin Thomas and I believe Tom Cliff was also a part of that meeting as well. We don't know the outcome of this of that meeting at this moment as we're recording, but the trust put a further 10 questions that they were going to be asking Kelvin Thomas. What did you make of those? Um, I think some of them have been answered, if I'm honest, in the text. I've, I was looking through them earlier to, to um, just to kind of get my understanding a bit better of it. And I think some of them have actually been answered in the text and they probably would have been answered again by Kelvin. I'm really interested to know some of the answers to some of the questions because I think some of them are quite valid. Um, but I think I'm getting a little bit tired again of just the back and forth um, The I'm not sure why they need to to publish 10 questions, where these 10 questions have come from. I'm not sure um, how the membership of the trust has been involved in those 10 questions. I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of the stuff I'm basically not sure about. <laughs> yeah, they did say that yeah. those are questions that apparently the members have asked the trust to then find right. out the answers to. Okay. Now, I'm going to presume here that that is people off their own back sending those messages to the trust. And the reason why I'm presuming that is that as a trust member, I wasn't sent anything from the trust saying, uh, you know, do you have any questions about this? Can you let us know what they would be? So I presume, therefore, that people off their own back have gone to the trust with these questions. Um, yeah. But as, but as I say, I think a lot of it has been publicised already. Um, so. I mean, I just want to be for, you know, clarity here i've actually not responded to the survey that the club put out simply because i do feel a little bit like what's the reason for this i told and... you it's the tractors <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i, I feel I, i'll be honest with you i am bored to death with it all now from from all sides I'm, i i look at it and just go if you're going to do it do it i mean as far as think, i'm yeah. concerned there's nothing there is nothing stopping the stand from being you know, redeveloped isn't necessarily the right word, but being completed. Um, the the thing that is stopping it is essentially money, isn't it? That's the thing that is stopping it. And for me, if it's a case of the, the club's owners don't have whatever four million quid or whatever it is that, that they're going to need to pay for it, then you either get a loan, don't you? Or you do what they're obviously trying to do, which is to buy some land so or buy the freehold so they can sell the land and therefore pay for the stand using that money mm. um eventually I, you know i i'm bored of it I, i've got so much apathy around it now I'm, i've stopped i've basically stopped listening to the yeah. two sides fighting because it's boring it's the, it's the constant um one-upmanship isn't mm. it of 
and, and it's just back and forth all the time through statements and through lists of questions and stuff. You just kind of, you just want them to get on with it. We've been saying this all throughout all this. We just want them to work together somehow and get on the same page, get on the same and is, page. And yeah, and it is yeah. both sides. You know that that's the yeah. thing. It's both sides of the argument. It's not. Yeah. The, but just, I think I'm just bored of it. I'm bored of it. One thing that will hopefully help, and I'm sure it will help, is Tom Cliff being a part of the board now that can kind of mm. work with both parties because he's invited to board meetings on, on the trust as well. That he can almost be a go between, as, as daunting as that sounds. Yeah. Um, but he's a fan and he's also on the board and he's got to know what the trust have got to say as well. So fingers crossed that role will develop a little bit in terms of him being able to, to work through that. Absolutely. Um, let's get an email. It's time to read your letters out, but things have changed, so listen out. If you want to write about Northampton Town, you'll need to write this next bit down. Just have a rant or just some fun. At podcast at cobblers to me.com. No matter if we lose or win, send us your thoughts. Come on, get them in. We have an email. It's from Mr. Robert Sammons, is back. And let's have a look what he's going to say. He said, Hi, guys. I hope you're keeping well. On the 9th of November podcast, you mentioned that Richard Hamley's first game was against West Ham in 1965 when Hurst, Moore and Peters all played at the county grounds. I was, I was in the bottom of Matt's old wardrobe again the other day. Still not found anything exciting, but did find the programme for that game. Uh, and he's attached uh, some scans to the email of the cover, the team sheet and an understated review of the West Ham squad. Um, if Richard would be interested in seeing the programme, uh, let me know. Uh, looking forward to Brad, a trip to Bradford at the weekend via Preston to see Matt and hopefully return to Willing Ways for the Cobblers. Matt, uh, Robert Sammons. P.S. Love Malcolm's jingle. Think he should be put forward to write the UK Eurovision entry this year. Yes. <laughs> Get him in there. Brilliant. Get him will, in there. I will say that that email was really lovely because obviously yeah, a couple of weeks ago, um, Richard Hamley did say that his first game and then for Robert to then go and find the, the programme is is lovely so yeah, uh, richard great. if you'd like to and I, I believe what what robert is actually saying is that if you would like to see it physically then get in touch with us and i will put you in contact with robert and uh and then you can do that but i will be forwarding you the um the screenshots screenshots that's not the word the pictures that uh that robert sent us of the program as well so um yeah, lovely. Send all your emails to podcast at cobblerstome.com. They're lovely, those. Any mm. any comments? Anything Charles. that you've uh, found? Yes, Chessy, a tractor, maybe? <laughs> well, yeah, and that. But also, isn't it lovely that that wonderful email and that lovely act of kindness was actually done within Kindness Week? Oh. Because it, it was Kindness Week, week last oh, week. Maybe that's oh. what Fraser Horsfall was doing. <laughs> just, just being kind. <laughs> oh, brilliant. There you go. There was another email. Well, a message on the Slack, I think this was, wasn't it? Um, yes, it Gareth. was. Yeah, Gareth, Gareth Kingston, Gareth, <laughs> Gareth and Valerie fame. But he says famous. after, yeah, after the annoying drum in lieu of singing at Bradford, what other things mark a club as tin pot? <sighs> yeah, it's a good question. I think Got my reason. response was being, 
being situated in Milton Keynes was my answer. <laughs> yeah, yours yeah. was, well, yeah. Portaloos. Goal music is one. Portaloos, yeah. Goal-oos. Goal-oos. Goal music. Um, some random set of fans with a drum because no one else ain't singing. Yeah. Um, Three-sided grounds. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Box car parks United. you can't get out of. Car parks you can't get out yeah, of. Yeah, can't, car parks you can't get out of. Um, football stadiums built with no pubs around them, so you can't get no drink. I don't even drink, okay. but that annoys me. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> that annoys you on Sean's behalf, does it? Yeah. Stadium, <laughs> well, because I get earache for hours. Stadiums right. that are not situated in a place that has any resemblance to the place where it belongs. Um, another one would be. <laughs> I feel one... like Jeffy's got a place in mind. <laughs> yeah, just... I think so, yeah. <laughs> another one would be. One... Stadium is next to IKEA's. Yeah, okay. <laughs> one where you have to. Um, where there's there's people, random humans that don't even bear any resemblance to the to the football club that stick parking <laughs> cones outside the ground so you can't park there. Even though you're a taxpayer and you park your car and you're allowed to park your car. That's really irritating. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, Gareth will be glad he asked that question. Yeah, I mean, Gareth, there are so many. I could write you a, I could write a dissertation about this. I feel oh, yeah, so passionate on. about it. Oh. Really, really yeah. passionate about it. I like questions about, like that. Uh, I'll tell you what one is as well. Uh, the club shop. When If I see a rubbish club shop, I'm not, I'm not happy with that ground. A rubbish club. Please, please. Yeah. What, what, what makes a rubbish? Well, you know, just, just in like a, you know, like these, um, things you have at school, the, what are they called? Like, um, desks no tiny port chairs port cabin type you know when you go to a classroom okay. in a port cabin yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah temporary yeah. Well, temporary 20 years yeah. later still there type thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's it yeah that's yeah, an exhaustive okay. list I think we've given Gavin <laughs> yeah. also as well I mean just in general when you have a stadium that is not fit for purpose that 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 annoys me on the fans of that stadium's behalf just to see what i mean so like i get annoyed with the Name state <laughs> could be many well yeah i'm just, just trying out. to work out well i'm trying to work out what stadiums aren't fit for purpose well for example when you had poor brighton fans Years ago. Oh, so the weird thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That doesn't, yeah, yeah. That doesn't particularly things. make the club. No, no, no that's well. what I mean. I mean, um, on, on, I get angry on their behalf. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Mm. So, so I stadium... feel very passionately uh, about... Okay. Yeah. But Fans I mean, Shrewsbury, well. Shrewsbury. Can we Shrewsbury, just talk about Shrewsbury yeah. for a minute? Shrewsbury, whatever you yeah. call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's that about? You have to walk 15 miles just to get a yeah, drink. The pla- yeah, the place it is in is... Yeah, and then the traffic lights get stuck on red for 15 million years and you just get stuck (laughs) outside for hours and you just go around in this little merry-go-round and there's this massive roundabout that does nothing. Trying to get out of that car park next to that petrol station. Oh, God. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Honestly. Um, Honestly. (laughs) Right, I want to... Forest Green's um, another one. Like, why uh, put a football stadium on a hill? Like and it's literally on a hill next to a load of farmers. I mean, the poor farmers and their oh. tractors—they can't get up a hill. I mean, tractors have to take priority, okay? And there's this <laughs> giant, massive, and they've got passing laybys. Oh, I mean, that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, no, because they park in the passing laybys. Oh well, you know that's that's not good. But stupidity. That's not the club's fault. It's, no, it's not. But 
there you go uh send your emails and your comments uh podcast at cobblers to me.com or why not go and uh, find us on social media at cobblers to me that would be lovely um i've got an apology before we go oh. an apology to our sponsored ntfc women's player abby bruin oh um, i don't know what because, we've done to her well no you you guys haven't done anything it's, this is all on me um, oh, no. So following following their amazing win in the FA Cup last week, Abby sent me a lovely piece of audio, and then I oh, didn't, didn't put it. it in the podcast. <gasps> Come on, I Charles. So I'm really sorry, Abby. I wasn't ignoring you. I mean, the thing is, is I replied to her on WhatsApp saying thanks very much, great win, good blah blah blah, and then Abby just win. Com- and then completely forgot to put it in the actual podcast. So I'm so sorry, Abby. Yeah. Abby Brew out. <laughs> um, but the news since the podcast was that the uh, women were drawn against Lie Town uh, mm. in the second round of the Africa Cup. That's an away tie. Um, and they play near Stourbridge, or Lie is oh, near no. Stourbridge. Oh, no. Stop living the lie, Giles. Uh, that's yes. what I'll say. Yeah, that. there you go. There was no <laughs> game this weekend for the women because um, they were due to play Corby in the North Ants. Senior Cup, I think it is. Um, but Corby pulled out for reasons unknown. Uh, we don't know exactly what's happening. We probably presume... scared. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably scared. Um, we presume that the women will just get a bye, therefore, into the next round. But no confirmation yeah. of that at the moment. There was also... We don't want that, don't want that 3 nil bye because that's not realistic. We need an 8 nil bye. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, if it hasn't got double figures next to it, not taking it. Um, the under-18s. Yes. Um, also, we're in FA Youth Cup action. Um, interestingly, they were playing on, now was it Tuesday or Wednesday night? I can't remember. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday yeah. at Sixfields against uh, Stockport County's youth team, yeah. under 18s, who were, of course, Stockport County, were having their right old ding-dong um, yeah. in the FA Men's Cup. This is like, could the be the night. first case of a double ding-dong by the same club. On the it, same night. It, oh, Dabby. <laughs> oh, oh. My, my mind's just blown when blown? I just figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> it blown up. Brilliant. Um, yeah, there were 715 people in attendance at Sixfields to watch the Cobblers run out 3-2 winners over Stockport. Have you guys seen the winning goal? Yes, yes. I was just about to say that. What an incredible scenes that is. Oh, I love that. And I, I absolutely I will, love that. I will say, from a Stockport point of view... That took some balls <laughs> to try and play offside, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Last minute of the game, last yeah, kick of the game, he did. and you decide, oh, what we're going to do here with lads with this free kick is that as soon as they take, we're going to run away. We're going to run <laughs> away. Back on the halfway line, that all of them, I hope that all of them will catch them all offside. Yeah. Oh, it was no. amazing because there was this like pause no. when he drifts in behind them, like, <sighs> he's offside. No, he's not. No, he's not. And then the celebrations afterwards are so good <sighs> as well. All and it was missing was a plastic chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that like, fantastic the, chair celebration memories. But I think I um underestimated the the crowd. I think as well, like mm. thinking they're just going to go and just like sit back and enjoy it. But when that goal goes in, it was it's almost like a first team goal. The the reaction to it and the celebrations afterwards and the bundle that goes on from uh, when was it Jack Connor scored the winner? Did he? Um, just what a moment! And they've got oh, Charlton well, in the third it, round, don't they? It's it's quite um, telling that. On, on a very realistic scale, and, and, and I mean this um, 
just as from a realist point of view, not from a dig at any other club. But effectively, this, the the attendance that we had for that game is not that far from some professional attendances in the lower ends of League Two, right? So yeah. that's a real positive sign. Yeah, in the uh, Pizza Cup as well. I would have thought it'd be pushing close. Yeah, absolutely, without doubt. I'd say so. I'm just going to double check. I don't think it was. You said, Danny, it was Jack Connor who scored the win, but I don't think that was right. Um, no, I think he won the man of the match. Didn't he won he? the man he of the did. match. That was fun. Yeah. Um, it was Josh Tomlinson who scored the winner. That's it. In yeah. extra time, yeah. But Jack Connor, you're right, won the Man of the Match award. Um, I loved what he got for the Man of the Match award, by the way. A £20 voucher for Fire Jacks upon <laughs> six fields. Yeah. Um, get him a starter there, I think. <laughs> I think it will only get him a starter. <laughs> starter and a drink. That's probably yeah. all he'll get. I just wanted to mention, um, did you see Cruz Man of the Match? Yes. And what yes. he yes. was given, because yeah. he's only 17. Not old enough for champagne. So he, <laughs> he got he got what looked like, and I presume that this was part of the prize, a crew water bottle. You know, like a Chili's yeah. water bottle. Yeah. Um, a packet of ready salted Walker's crisps. <laughs> <laughs> and some Jaffa cakes. <laughs> some Jaffa cakes. Oh, <laughs> what a combination! So good. Literally, it, it, literally it was basically. Was, oh, sure. We can't. We can't give him a champagne bottle. Um, what? What can we give him? Quick! What's in the? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> it's like clearing out the cupboard, basically. It was. It? What's in that cupboard? So Quick! Good. Give it to him. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. I'm. I'm a big fan of that. I think we should. I think personally, we should stop giving footballers uh, champagne for um, man of the match and things because they are finely tuned athletes. They don't drink. No, it's not the 90s. Crikey. Mm -hmm. Give a bag of jelly babies and off you pop. Oh, jelly babies. Do you know what you do with jelly babies, right? Here's a life hack for you all, folks. When you get really angry about something, Charles, a la referee, just pick up a jelly baby and just just gently dismember the jelly baby's body. Oh. Oh. So head first, then feet, then two arms. Or if you're feeling really angry, start from feet first, then arms, then head. Very oh. satisfying. Oh. Slightly erotic there from the Chessie at the end of the pod. Uh, well, jelly babies, jelly babies, you take all your anger out on jelly babies. Oh, that's, that's nasty. You poor person. Poor well, jelly I like babies. jelly babies, but they serve a purpose, right? They're full of jelly. They're not human. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Yeah. Um Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening and supporting us. If you'd like more from us, and why wouldn't you, go to (laughs) commerce2me.com where you'll find Danny's match previews and all of the information that you need to go and join our fan club on Patreon if you'd like to. Um, I will say we're not quite sure what we're going to do next week because next Monday... Farming special. Next Monday, uh, Danny and I are going to be in London, aren't we, Danny? Yes. Yes, we will be rubbing shoulders with the elite of the footballing world. Well, Charles, just leave me in charge and I'll just do a track special. That's what I the people you need. Do you, do you want to do if you want to do the podcast on your own, Jeffy? <laughs> just then a special. Absolutely. You can you can do that. Yeah. It's, the question is, is when we're going to find time to record over the weekend that will then give me the chance to get it out on Tuesday. Plus, there's also the thing of, well, you know, what if we win the award on Monday? Yeah, Surely. We'll, we'll not be seen for a while if we win. I mean, this is well, there, there is that, but there's also the thing of we can't release a podcast on the Tuesday that doesn't mention yeah. the fact that we might have won an award. 
Well, what we could do, do it, is we'll, we if we win, we do three. a bonus. Yeah, yeah. a bonus. Oh, just okay. three different endings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three different. Oh, one with a tractor. So one with a tractor, one with win the award, and one with don't win award. And then the tractor <laughs> one can tractor go out. <laughs> the tractor one can go out no end, and so can the award win. One. Okay. okay, but the tractor well. one has to feature because it's what the people need in their lives. Tune in next I've week about jelly babies, but <laughs> tractors are the real bee's knees. Tune in next week to find out which ending you're going to get. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey support the podcast on patreon by joining the it's all cobblers to me fan club every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our meet the staff series hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.